Hello and welcome back to Garden State of Mind, South Jersey's most melancholy podcast. I'm one of your hosts, John. With me here, I have Jeff. Jeff, how are you tonight? Great cakes. Feels like I just talked to you. It's a very just a few short days ago. Very special episode, Game of Thrones edition. It is. Well, when we were talking, or I guess I was thinking about it the other day. You know, I listened to like five or six podcasts last week about Game of Thrones, and we're literally releasing our our review of the episode before on the day of the next fucking episode, which seems really goddamn dumb. <laughs> so. You know, I mean, who the hell? At that point, like, a lot of people have forgotten what the hell happened in the episode, which maybe that's helpful, but we're not even recapping scene by scene. So it just feels like let's get a jump on it a day or two after the episode airs. And that way it's kind of fresh in our minds and still relevant for people. I, I agree. And uh, I, none of these other podcasters are really incorporating Goodfellas into their discussions. Nah, you mean Gendry Hill? Is that who you're <laughs> no. talking about? No, no, I think that's very important. Yeah, it's a it's a, something special that you only get with Garden State of Mind. We Absolutely. we bring something to the table. Yes, I mean, we've been trying to tell people. Uh, um, if you, if you're new to the show, if you're just catching up uh, with this Game of Thrones rewatch or Game of Thrones coverage that we're doing, uh, you want to reach out to us? Email Garden State of Mind cast at gmail dot com on Instagram. Uh, Garden State of Mind cast and on Twitter, Garden ST80 Mind. Uh, reach out to us however you want. And uh, anything on your mind tonight, Jeff, before we dive into Game of Thrones? Anything bothering you? Um, you know, it was a tough night last night for the Phillies. Um, I'm hoping that the Sixers will just make us all feel better tonight. Tip off is in about 10 minutes. But, uh, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've been. I'm, I'm off of Kate Smith. I'm not enraged by that by her anymore. And I'm mad about home plate umpires. And I just want them gone. You were like a, a few fucking ravings away from Bellevue. I was gonna call <laughs> Melinda and to ask if she needed me to come over and fucking put a uh, what do you call it, a straight jacket on you. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just like. It's. it's it's too much stuff. And like I said, I've been saying, I'll, I keep saying it. I'll never happen. I, I got to get off Twitter. I got to get off. I got to start reading books or something. <laughs> yeah, I really, we, we talked about this. I want to say two episodes ago. I do hate um, social media and I don't care. Like I've, I, I follow this one guy. His name's Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's like, he's like one of these motivational guys, but he, he really caters to like people that are Chloe's age and maybe a little bit older. Like those are the people that he's trying to inspire. Okay. He doesn't give a shit about old fucks like us, but he's a huge believer in social media and how great it is. And and I hear him defend it because a lot of people think like we do that social media is just awful and the people on it are awful. And I do think that that's true. But he just says no, social media is not awful. It's just the people. He said it's a great you know way for people to start their own business or for them to get their music out there if they're musicians or whatever. Um, I'm of the same opinion as you that social media, it's just fucking hell. 
Yeah, I mean, it's probably you know I've set my I've set myself in a nice cocoon where I've had enough interaction with people. I usually hate everybody I see, so you know it's like Twitter just kind of keeps forcing that upon you, you know, in just a a new technological way. I I just well, you, like you know you know not, not to rehash Kate Smith, but to me it's just a contrived it's a contrived Twitter controversy. I mean, it's beyond that. It's it's you know there's horrible details to it but it's you know the uproar even the the dullards on facebook uh, got involved <laughs> oh my god every, of course everybody everybody and, and there were definitely there was no racial insensitivity whatsoever from what i saw everybody it was really above board well now there's the very odd contingent of like uh the people now they want kate smith everywhere I mean, you know, why don't you just come out and sing Piccaninny Circus or whatever the fucking song? Like, you know, instead of acknowledging it's a bad song and, you know, first of all, why can't it be a a, a nuanced argument about it? I mean, does it have to, does everything have to be black and white, pun intended? It could be nuanced if you were talking to fans of any other sport, I feel like. I know Flyers fans are so stupid. Yeah, so now they're so the mayor of the mayor of Wildwood apparently is is going to be blaring "God Bless America," you know, on the boardwalk. I guess twenty four seven. Is he really something like that? They're gonna they proclaimed it the official song of some. I don't know something along those lines. I just scroll. I just kept on scrolling, man. I'm like, yeah, this isn't for me. Well, should I be surprised that the mayor of Wildwood is doing that? Like, that's the action he's going to take when really the peak of his career is being the fucking mayor of Wildwood, New Jersey. Yeah. Like, that, this is, you know, this is his big move is to play that song on the boardwalk. What, an, what a dumbass. <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm, it's something along those lines. I'm getting some of the details on. Like I said, I just saw it. I'm seeing a bunch of people getting, you know, going way off the other end of this. Um, but like I said, I'm more I'm more upset about home plate umpires. Did you see the Phillies game last night? I only saw some of it. Um, you know, I'm obviously aware. By last night, we're talking about Monday night, um, April 22nd. Monday so, night. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Monday night. Yeah, so I'm aware of some of what went on. But no, I'm not – I can't be in an outrage like you are because I didn't see what happened. D- describe, please. ESPN game. Um you know, it's just one of those bizarre strike zone nights. And I'm, I, I've been, like, racking my brain all day. Can, like, you know, because you'll get the old timers, the traditionalists saying, you know, we need to have an umpire. And, and, and yeah, you know, uh, sometimes they're calling it real tight. and Sometimes they're not. Well, I mean, in what sport are we just deciding <laughs> that the rules tonight are going to be a little, little skewed than usual? What kind of fucking sport is that? That's part I mean, of the mystique of baseball. Is it? I, you know, I it, mean, supposedly that's what I've been told. There's there there was a real sports had a had a, a story on electronic strike jo- strike zones about three years ago, and I'm sure the technology is not perfect. But considering every telecast we watch, they'll show a the little pitch tracker and they'll show you where, according to their strike zone, the pitch is. And you know, last night there were shoulder high. But you know, pitches call for strikes and strikeouts, right. and so yeah, Harper Shoulder loses high. line. I'm, basically, it, it was well at at the very least, it was you know a ball, a baseball size 
space above the top of the strike zone, you know, on the on the pitch tracker. Yeah. But, you know, like it's just the the idea of, you know, you know it's like like the closest I can think of is if like NFL referees decided that, you know, they weren't going to use the chain gang that night and they'll just they'll just mark off 10 paces for every first down. And, you know, they'll kind of the if the running back got close enough, maybe it'll give it in the first down. Eh, maybe they won't. Like to me, that's the only thing that is analogous to this. It's the nature of the sport. George Carlin described it and broke it down perfectly many years ago. Famous yes. comedian George Carlin, right? There are no, there, there are no real. I mean, there are rules, but when you think about football, there's a field with markers and sidelines, and but baseball just kind of goes off into the infinite, right? It's just a different sport. It always has been. They and play in. They play in a, a park. Right, <laughs> in a park. <laughs> um, all right, all right. Here's here's a good question for you. You're an umpire. You're you're set up right behind the catcher. How exactly are you calling a low strike, a de- dead center pitch? How uh-huh. do you know if it's low or not, or it hit the strike zone? How how can you see that? It's it's based on it's like it's like on based on good vibes. It's, it's feel. It's feel. That's <laughs> how you fuck that. We could we could we could easily set this up and have a standard strike zone. You sound like a a fucking millennial. You know, come on, this is how they did it. They didn't they didn't need electronic, you know, they didn't need laser beams to track whether or not it was a strike back in Ty Cobb's day. Yeah. <laughs> Fa- famous famous another yeah. famous racist uh, right. since we brought up Kate Smith tonight. You know, they didn't need that kind of shit back then. You know Why do we need that yeah. today? Well, you make a you, you bring up a great point. You know who loved empires? Ty Cobb oh. and Kate Smith. <laughs> right. But we're gonna. I, we're, so this asshole is calling balls high pitches for strikes through four innings, and then throws out one of the top five players in the game because he complained from the dugout. I mean, <laughs> what are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? Why? Am, I don't know. I mean, who was who was the umpire? Was he a famous, uh, famously hated umpire? It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't Joe West. No, it wasn't Joe West. Joe West is on the crew, but I mean, you know, luckily for me, I'm I'm not going to remember his name. Whatever, it was like Matt Carlson or something, I think. But um, like fuck this guy, just fuck him. And you're calling. They, I don't like when they make themselves the center of the game. You know, when you're just you're supposed to be on the sidelines. You're just you're not part of the game. You're you're spe- they're spectating. Basically, Here's, I don't like when they become part of narrative. And, you know, the idea of you're heading into a game and you're like, OK, we got so and so behind the plate tonight. So he calls balls and strikes this way. What? That's fucking insane. And and and, and they love it. And, and, you know, he's called a number of pitches where there were at least four Phillies batters, a couple of Mets batters where they were like, you know, when they do that thing where they. They kind of look back at the umpire, and, or they ask him. They say, "Would that have been a strike if they swing at his pitch, like, or you know, fouled off? Was that going to be a strike? You know." And they they kind of like ask him where his strike zone is. This insanity, yeah. you know, this happens so much, and you know these umpires, and then it's all pure stubbornness after a while. Like then they, they get in their head where now, oh, this player's showing me up. I'm in charge. I'm the umpire. Then they become the TSA. We gave them a fucking badge, and now they're running wild. 
I'm sorry, I was looking up the number for Belmont Behavioral Health Hospital. <laughs> I think I need to call them for you. You're fucking coming unhinged this week. It started with this Kate Smith, and now it's these umpires. Like, you're really feeling something I this week. I, I, you're probably right. I'm going fucking crazy because everyone around me, it's like, what am I doing? I didn't I did turn on the Phillies game last night to watch the home plate umpire. <laughs> in a fucking and now game. St- starring Mike Carlson or whatever the hell his name is. There was a game. There was a game within the past couple of years where Joe West, and again, why would we ever know this fucking guy's name? They he there was like an outfielder that in his back pocket he had like advanced advanced stats on where he should line up according to a certain hitter. You know, you shade him more towards center, whatever the case may be. It could have been an infielder. I don't know. It was a position player. Joe West comes and takes his little, his cheat sheet, his, his Tom Brady wristband. He takes it Why? from him. Because he, because he wanted to. Because he's a TSA. He's able to do that? No. Uh, no they have nobody, that kind of Nobody knew authority? why. It just, it just happened. And the guy's like, what do you mean? You know, it could it, it could even been the pitcher, maybe. Maybe the pitcher was seeing who, you know, what, what were his notes on this player coming up. I mean, God knows there's plenty of time for for players to look at notes between pitches. I mean, it's not like. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. it. It's not like this is happening every game. And strike zones, for the most part, are usually somewhat reasonable, I would say. You know, I disagree with calls every now and then, of course. Not, usually yeah. when it's, you know, uh, a pitch that it, – well, look, you usually disagree when it's going against your team. At least if they're calling it consistently, you can say it's consistent for both teams. You know, if they're calling a certain way or against the away team, I you know, I hate that shit. It's an amazing – you know, there, there's too much personality for these umpires. And, and, and you know what? And they have too too strong of a union. I mean, it can't, you know, unions are out of control in this country. I mean, yeah, when when uh, when when ten year old kids were welding Model Ts, we needed a union. I don't know if the fucking right. umpires needed a union. I don't think so, but you know, are you against unions? Some of them. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Better, right. be, better be careful. <laughs> I, I don't want to broadcast that. The wrong well, people coming after us. They'll find me with Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we better move on. Bet you'll be buried under uh, Citizens Bank. <laughs> Pour Listen, you into the concrete. Do, do me a favor. I, the last place I'm going to hide in is the crypts of Winterfell. <laughs> yeah, don't hide in there. Don't. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. Before okay. we jump in, I had a uh, question for you. So do you have a problem with the refs in football that – call games uh, more for the home team or more for Tom Brady or back when Peyton Manning was in the league, they get the calls, you know, did that bother you? Does it bother you? I think, you know, I, like, I think uh, like, like Clay Matthews, Clay Matthews and uh, Michael Bennett, the guys with like a reputation I don't like that they seem to get called more for like roughing penalties, um, yeah. but I, I I I I get the sense that an NFL referee he's trying not to be influenced by the home crowd, but 
at least I feel like it's imp- like like he almost can't help it. Where where I know a baseball umpire is ready to be combative and fight with the players. I think the ref the ref is trying to do the best he can. And, you know, if he's if he's weak minded, yeah, he's going to be influenced by the hometown fans. I think that's just it's, that's human nature. First of all, they they got their back up that, you know, everybody hates them. They probably get a lot of shit. They hear it from fans all the time. It's a long game. They're bored. They probably like starting some shit every now and then. Some of them like I think I get it to some extent, you know, why they're so combative. You know, what, what fun is it to just sit there and be friendly with everyone? Wouldn't you want to be a little bit ornery? Especially, you probably just, it's got to be a miserable job I, being an umpire. I don't I, Come on. Come on. Are you crazy? I, I, it's I, miserable. I have another Joe West story. He was standing, this was another Phillies game, I think. Um, he was He was standing, like, behind the pitcher and between second base or something along those lines. And, like... The shortstop said, "Hey, man, can you just kind of move over like a like a step?" And he wouldn't do it, and he wouldn't <laughs> fucking he wouldn't move out of a player's way. Yeah, like before a pitch. I'm like, that's that's what that's that's what you're defending. This guy. How, how has he not been knocked on his ass? I don't know. How? I don't know how he's so fucking fat. When for nine innings, you're at least standing. You're kind of moving around a little bit. Who who was the who was the uh, the old Yankees coach that Pedro <laughs> Pedro went after who rushed the mound. Yeah, Zimmer. I mean, if Don Zimmer can manage to get you know swung at, you tell me Joe West. Nobody's been tempted to throw a swing at Joe West. Yeah. An old man got you know had to take a punch. I would. I tell you what. Yeah, I would. You know, if I if I was it was my last year in the leagues and I was a DH in somewhere and you know fucking Seattle. I would take my run at Joe, my you know, in, in September of my final season, just like yeah, <laughs> I'll do this for this is for everybody, and just God, fucking he, not cold cock him. He has been a hated umpire for how many fucking years now? It's been what, like twenty five years, right? Thirty. I, I don't. Our umpires don't need nicknames. I'll tell you that for fucking sure. Yeah, they shouldn't be. Like I said, they should not be a part of the narrative. At all. No. They're just bystanders. They should be no more important than, than you or I as fans other yeah. than the fact that, you know, they do have to make calls. That's why I – yeah, let, let him sit there for home plate calls. You know, he can still he can still eye up pitches if he wants to, but electronic strike zone. Let's make it happen. Can I get, mm. the, can I get the guy that complained about Kate Smith or the other guys that complained about everything? Why don't they complain about strike zones? Nah, they care about that. It's the mentality. It's a statue. A statue and a song. That's what they're fighting for. <laughs> it's the principle. I get it. That's all right. If you want to hear it, you go down to uh, Wildwood Boardwalk this weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Go ahead. Hit up Maurice Pier. <laughs> yeah. Hats off. You know? Hand my heart. Yeah. After you hit, uh, step off the Golden Nugget. Oh, wait. I, they actually shut that ride down. But I don't know. You step off any one of those rides there, you get to hear God Bless America. He's going to be playing it all day and night. That's what you it sounds like. Know, you know, I've never, I've never been to Wildwood like maybe once my whole life. No kidding. For like a half a day. You didn't want to go as a kid. We went to Ocean City, and, and then we went to Seattle. We had class, Johnny. I like. We went to Ocean City as well. Ocean City has the little bitch rides for the kids. You have to go to Wildwood. 
And what? When you were a teenage boy, you didn't want to go to Wildwood? That's where I all the, really... the females were. Yeah, I know. There was females in Ocean City. Trust yeah. me. Oh, okay. Your prowess, I'm sure. I can only imagine what the hell was going on. <laughs> yeah, that's you right, were probably playing Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> on the back on the back porch on the hey, deck. No man. man, I mowed them down. I'm a nerd. Mowed them down oh, the eighties yeah. in Ocean City. Good for you. You're suave today. I can only imagine how good the game was back then. Oh yeah, it was pretty sweet. Uh, so Game of Thrones. Yeah. Speaking of Dungeons and Dragons and nerds and and, and all that shit. Right. Um. Okay. Initial thoughts on on episode two of season eight. Well, I, and I, well, you go first because I know we talked briefly about it yesterday. What did you think? <clears throat> I liked it. I didn't. You know. I like this more than I'm going to like. I'm sure the battle scene is going to be cool and everything, but I prefer this type of episode than, you know, the insane battles. I just, um, I never even liked that. Like, like in Star Wars, when when like Tie Fighters are like flying around. Like, I don't. It none of that seems really <laughs> realistic to me. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't, I, well, that 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 you know that kind of combat. It just you know where everyone is like. Indiscriminate, you know, gangs in New York. I mean, you know, because they'd have a swatch of blue on their shirt, you could figure out who you're chopping in half. Oh, there had to be times where you, 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 you threw like a battle axe at your friend. <laughs> you didn't right. realize it, man. A couple of comrades were definitely getting killed in some of those fights. Come on, right? It's got to happen often. There has to be so much friendly fire. So that's why I just like that. You know, the Battle of the Bastards. Like, you know, it's just it's it's just a mess to me. Like. Now wait a minute though. Just the pilot. If you're gonna bring up that that episode was amazing. You didn't enjoy no. that that battle sequence. I thought that no. was pretty. No, phenomenal. it's no, it was it, absolutely. It was great. But what I'm saying is, just in general, I'm not getting a lot out of that. It's cool for sure. Like yeah. But I really enjoyed this kind of quiet episode leading up to the battle. Like I said, probably more in the battle. Although I think this battle is gonna be. Like fucking nuts! What's you know? Who, some it, of this should be epic. Um, I, I'm with you. I think that uh, I'm sorry to cut you off there. I I I totally agree. They're they're gonna be. I like the stories within the battle. You know, when you go from pocket to pocket of oh here, what are these characters up to? What are these characters up to? I think they do a good job with that. I don't want to just look at a, a field of people swinging swords for 45 minutes. Right. Like that, you know, that's kind of boring. I agree with you there. Uh, I mean, at, at this point, it's like a foregone conclusion that if the Night King isn't on his way to King's Landing, then he's in those underground tunnels headed to the crypts. And it's going to be fucking ugly. And it's going to be, you know, that little that little Shireen type girl is really actually going to have to defend everybody like she wanted to. Uh, down there and you know if you know that the you know people have speculated on like you know ned stark like yeah we might a, get to see ned stark again a walker and I mean, catlin that's fucking nuts i mean that would be that would be pretty sweet john could meet his birth mother for the yeah. first time <laughs> that's right <laughs> like that could be really something yeah yeah it would be great um now, when I first gave you my reaction, I told you I was kind of disappointed. Yeah. I can't remember the exact words I used, but it was basic disappointment. I have to say, upon rewatch, 
um, I appreciated it a lot more. It was a really well done episode. The scenes were great. Um, and even the small moments inside, and we'll talk about a few of them, but, you know, probably that that scene where they knighted Brienne, I think that was a big moment. And I noticed that she actually smiled for the first time, I think, in the entire series. Yeah. You never saw her smile ever. No, no smiled, that cried. Was, yeah, that was an important moment, I guess. And and I, I don't know why I was just overlooking it. It's probably because there's six episodes, you know, in this season, and you're just waiting for something to happen. And I'm feeling the tension of whatever's going to go down with the Night King and then whatever's happening with Cersei. And we, we just don't know. And I guess I'm feeling that. It's like I want them to get to it so I know what's going to happen. But I, I did appreciate how they, they're kind of like some of these people. They're not going to have any more episodes. You know, some people are dying that were in that room with uh, Brienne and Jamie. Yeah. They're not going to make it. So I kind of think <clears> – I think a lot of people will be dying next week. But I think ultimately um, they're going to win. Like the Night King is going to be losing next week. You think so? At least uh, he won't have his huge advantage. Uh, I, yeah, I think I think they're going to pull it off. I mean, with tons of casualties, and you know, maybe maybe the only people left are. I don't, you know, I don't know. We we figure Brienne's dead. Um, yeah, you know, Jamie's a good chance he's dead too. I don't know about that one. No. I think he has to. Uh, I don't know. It it depends on where they're headed with the whole King's Landing story. Um, don't you feel like he has to be involved somehow? I think, you know, I think somehow maybe Arya makes it out and has uses his face. I think is what I see, or Tyrion's yeah. face then. Um, but I yeah, one or the other. One, somebody they have to go. I mean, God, they 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 all but told us that yeah, everyone's headed, everyone's gonna die. Yeah, I think, and it's like you know, are they? They're, they're, they're letting you know that, hey, there's a good chance a lot of these people aren't going to make it. And it makes sense. I, I do think Arya is going to come out of it. I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time believing that she's going down against the Night King. Um, but I, I do you trust fully uh, Bran? How so? I don't know. Um, you know, I guess he's just such an unknown to me, and I wonder – is does he have other intentions you know he's not really a, a he says he's not really a person anymore he doesn't have the same ties to these people yeah i don't think that's he has why in, his i don't think he has intentions i don't think he has anything i think he's just no he is the umpire we all want behind home plate just call yeah him i'm a little nervous that theon's gonna be the one that's guarding him he's not known for being able to hold the fort down theon <laughs> true uh, I'm scared. And why are we keeping Bran out in an open fucking field next to a tree? Like, how about in a locked chamber somewhere with Theon and all of his men outside the door? I don't. All right, two things. All right, one. Uh, all the walkers you noticed had those javelins when they, you know, lined up at the end of the episode. Yeah. Two, we're they're talking about plans and they're all around the war the war table. And no one mentions dragons like this is like a secret. Is this a secret plan for everybody or just for us dumb audience members? Like, you know, obviously can't just dragons just really just destroy White Walkers die from <laughs> fire. I mean, you know, well, they do. But they that, have 
they have the means to take down a dragon, as we saw yeah. uh, last season. And they're weaker, right? They're not eating. Um, I think the bald move guys were talking about, you know, it's possible that they're just not going to be up to the fight as much as this dead dragon is. Like, he's on, he's in the cold. He's feeling good. These dragons at, like, warm temperatures. I can't believe we're talking about this <laughs> in this way. Um, the dragons like warmer temperatures, apparently. <laughs> Who's headed to Bellevue? Yeah, I, it's on Bellevue. I should uh, just sound like a fucking tool. Ancora? Um, yeah, I don't know. Wherever nerds go. No, Ancora is, uh, is the mental hospital down down my parts. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, you should have checked yourself in there yesterday. <laughs> After you were finished with your tirade, I let you air it all out. <laughs> Get it off your chest. Um, speaking of uh, Theon. Yeah. I think uh, I'm back in Theon's court. I, I like the moment with him returning and uh, Sansa hugging him. You know, clearly they have a connection. The one decent thing that he did do was he saved her life, right? He got her out yeah. of – he got her away from Ramsey. So for that, you know, I got it. I liked him. And I, I thought it was a nice moment. And he's at least stepping up to try and protect Bran, who he initially stole the castle from. Yeah, it was a great moment and something I never thought would happen. I think you mentioned it last week that, yeah, we don't – you know, we didn't really care about him. But, yeah, they made a moment out of it with him, so – the show, I think it, it's weird. I think it's a very tricky spot for um, the producers of, you know, you're, it's, a, it's a fine line between wasting the character's time and also our time as the audience where, you know, you said something about like the, the, the Jamie Redemption tour. But if it was a true, if it's a true Game of Thrones world, fuck his Redemption tour. If he's going to die, he's going to die. And we shouldn't be worried about the audience loving him now or, you know, that they need to be cold blooded again with this kind of stuff. So maybe these, these first two episodes were a little bit of fan service. Here you go, everyone here. Everyone's having some, you know, some drinks and having a good time together before. Hopefully we, we fucked them all up. Yeah, I listened to an interview with the um, that's a, that's a good point. I listened to an interview with the writer. His name is Brian Cogman. So I think he's written about 11 episodes and apparently he's the guy that they call in to write when they're doing just a lot of character discussions and you, when you just find the, those situations where you got one character talking to another. There was a lot of that in this episode. And uh, he said this was basically his love song to the characters. You mm -hmm. know, he was trying to kind of pay tribute to them and, and you could see that in a lot of ways um, just with a lot of the resolution with – and you think about certain moments with um, what's his name, Jura, getting that sword, um, Heartsbane yeah. from from Sam, you know, giving him his father's sword, and uh, that moment between Davos and um, that little girl yeah. who was, I guess, a stand-in for Shireen. Which to this day, that was maybe one of the only things that ever made me not want to watch Game of Thrones was when they burned that kid at the stake. I was like, oh god, this is going a little bit too far for me, but. Um, you know, there are a lot of little moments like that, and that was a definite callback, right? There yeah, were so many oh, yeah. callbacks in the episode, you know. Um, and I, I, and I think I don't, and I don't begrudge 
them setting the episode up to kind of make us happy. You know, the fans, we deserve those kind of moments. The actors deserve moments like this. You know, those poor bastards are never going to get hot jobs again. So they deserve their, their, their final moments on this show. They were, you know, I think to a man, the acting was great. There wasn't really any, you know, there was no Bobby Bacalas there. So, you know, <laughs> uh, or uh, Johnny or Johnny Boy Sopranos. Right. To, you, you know, know they all end. deserve their little moments of acting and, uh, you know, little conversations. But I, you know, but uh, yeah, it's a fine line. But this thing is such a it's taken on such a life of its own anyway. Um, I don't know. It's a, I'm not really I'm not quibbling about anything. I think it's all so far so good. No, and I, I, like I said, I really came around to between that, that first watching on Sunday night and then the rewatch that I did. Um, I was like, wow, I really, I just missed out on the point, I guess, when I watched it the first time. You know, so shame on me. Uh, it was a great episode. The acting, as always, was fantastic. And I do like a lot of just the parallels that they're doing with season one and how it all started in Winterfell, and now I guess it's all going to end in Winterfell, or or the, the end is starting in Winterfell. Correct. You know, just like the whole story started there, and uh, it's kind of cool, man. They, they're doing a really good job. The writers are they're just so, so top-notch. It's unreal. And how, do, how are all these actors, how do they find all these actors who are so impressive and good? It's really, really lucky. I mean, you know, I don't know what kind of history they had, but yeah, I mean, just just unbelievable casting from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, even just small bit roles. Not that fucking the performances. That, who's that? Yeah, who? Even who's that young uh, lady Mormont? Right, everyone loves her. She's amazing. Do you think she's going to come out of the battle alive? I was thinking about that. I was like, I wonder if she's going to make it out. I don't know. She's pretty tough. Yeah, probably. Yeah, she should. Yeah, everybody's tough until you have like some zombie running at you on the <clears> battlefield. <laughs> I don't know if one of those crazy white things or whatever comes at her. She might not make it out. Everyone, uh, yeah, everyone's talking about. Uh, by the way, the Sixers are winning fourteen nothing. It's halfway through the first quarter. That's a good start. Yeah. So the the series probably ends tonight. I'm that's what you're I'm, saying. Yeah, I, I'm giving eight and a half here, and I'm I'm feeling good. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty good. You're you're laying eight and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good bet. Thanks. As I said, to that, close out game. first two points, 14-2. <laughs> Good work. You're like Al Michaels on Monday Night Football when he says, there hasn't been a penalty called yet. And literally within the next 20 seconds, a flag th- is thrown. When that motherfucker Collingsworth, he said, no, that wasn't Collingsworth. Who the fuck was it this year? Um, I don't know if it was a title game. I needed the Rams. Maybe it was a Super Bowl. They needed to kick that field goal. I needed over. Yeah, it was a Super Bowl. I need to go over 16 points for the game. And they're yeah. like, yeah, Zerline hasn't missed a field goal. All year. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't get it, man. How is it so – it's like clockwork. When they make those statements, the exact opposite of what they say occurs. <laughs> or that, that one thing that hasn't happened all night happens. How, how does that work? Like it, it always seems to happen. Or, you know, just think about you going about your daily life. Like you're always like, oh, fuck me. Like how did this happen to me? But there's so many instances of, of just random stuff all the time. But it's amazing. That's why when I you... feel like the universe is winking at you. Yeah. Like, I hear you. I hear what's going on. <laughs> Here you go. It's just a, a gentle reminder that everything's out of your control. Yeah. I love it. Um, 
what else? What are some other moments that you enjoyed from this week's episode? I, I think one of the reasons I was shocked by your initial take was because the knighting of Brienne was such a tremendous moment that it just really elevated everything as far as I was concerned. Uh, it just it made everything in that episode better because of that moment. And um, it was, you know, it was well earned. And when you think about how, you know, we've been, you know, seven or eight seasons and, and you know, it took so long. The journeys of these characters are just like, oh, my God, that's like fucking endless. Um, but it was just, I, I, you know, that was just a, just a tremendous, just a great moment. Yeah, it was. And even seeing uh, some of the... The reuniting with uh, Sam and and Ed and Jon Snow, um, like these are guys like they were they started out in the Night's Watch together in season one, I guess, and uh, you know they haven't seen each other in a while. I, I I think just a lot of those reunions that we saw, these are a lot of these characters hadn't seen each other for an entire season. Um, they they it was all meaningful stuff, and I don't know. The only thing I, the only thing I can say is that. Just allow me that moment of, and that I guess on Sunday night I was like that Sopranos fan who gets annoyed when the scene is Tony talking to Melfi or Tony talking to his mother. You know, like it, that was my moment, I, a moment of weakness where I just Understood. wanted someone to die, and um, yeah, it's a, a failure on my part as a viewer. So, but I realized it. Holy shit! I'm sorry. It's twenty three to two. Um. <laughs> God, why didn't I bet everything? Um, yeah, I think uh, – now, do you agree? I mean, how many deaths are you expecting? And well, I would and say we should probably ones. expect a lot. Yeah. Um, I think there will be – I think Theon's going to die. I think he, he might be the one of the major deaths. Okay. I don't expect to see Sansa die. I don't expect to see Arya yeah. or Jon or Danny. Um, they're, two ma- they're just major players who have to be a part of the – the, the the end of the season, the second half. Um, I mean, I guess, like you said earlier, you could see Jamie die. Um, <clears throat> John is maybe the only Tyrion? one. Man, maybe Tyrion. I think John is the only one. You know, kind of set up by Martin. You know that this is this is really his story. You know the way it's all played out. So yeah, yeah. that would be. There's almost no chance he dies, but um, oh, I think very much, Captain Obvious. Yeah, I think I think almost everyone else is on the table, but yeah, I think Arya is not because of the Cersei thing. Um, but yeah, I think Jaime or Tyrion, one of them's going down. I think. Yeah. Now the only thing I'll say about Tyrion, it it would be tough for me to see after the nice moment he had towards the end of the episode where Daenerys, you know made that open statement like i need you yeah you know, i need you down in the crypts because i need you after this it would be weird for them to kill him after that moment um i kind of felt that way just seeing that i was like ah he, he'll be in for the next act um but you know varus i could see varus going down okay um silent yeah because i do think you're right i think they get in i think the night king gets into the crypts and i think he raises the ancestors and i think that's why Arya is running I love it. That is that that is so fucking twisted. I, I fucking love it. Yeah, it's gonna be messed up, man. I I tell you what. I hope that fucking Gendry. I hope he made a uh, Tyrion a couple swords down there for that that little bastard. Yeah, show us a couple of steps there, Gendry. <laughs> but I never dug a hole before in my life. <laughs> hey, Gendry. I know you're trying to bang that broad, but I need a couple of swords over here. <laughs> Can you help me out? <laughs> 
Uh, what do you mean? Man. What do you mean, C? What do you mean, what? I need a couple of fucking weapons. Uh, <laughs> whose head's going in the oven? Huh? Whose head's going in the oven? In, in, in Goodfellas, it was the uh, it was the mail it was the mail carrier. In Game of Thrones, who whose head goes into the? Uh, oven? Yeah, maybe this is the maester with reading one of his scrolls. No more fucking <laughs> scrolls. Go to this. It's fucking... probably Sam. Sam Tarly. Sam, yeah. <laughs> no more scrolls. Go to Sansa. <laughs> oh man, Gendry. He well, he, Gendry had a good week. Gendry, yeah, man. Good for him. Yeah, he, my he, fa- just, he just brought her her weapon. My 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 favorite tweet was a girl has no bra. <laughs> that that was pretty good. That's genius. Whoever came up, I know who it was, but it was real. I was dying. I li- I like that a lot. But uh, people have a lot of time on their hands coming up with some uh, memes and and all this other stuff. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's definitely the fun part. Sunday night. It really is, but a girl has no bras. That that had to be the best one like, of the entire night. You read that, and you're so mad. Like, oh, God, it's so simple. I could have thought of that. Why didn't I? I know. <laughs> I don't know. Some people are really good with memes, and I don't know, man. I guess we're not as funny as we thought. No, probably not. <laughs> not as clever, not as funny. Very, nah. very little intellect. Yeah. Yeah, it's safe to say at this point. So, um... So a couple things we have. Braun did not make an appearance. So I'm curious where he's going to fall into this story because, you know, number one is he heading towards uh, Winterfell. Um, is he going to be a part of the battle? Like I'm wondering where he's going to fall into this, and if he's going to go through with uh, the the job that Cersei gave him. It's, so he should be an interesting one. So like he he realizes that he can't just hang around King's Landing because the Queen gave him a job to do, right? So. He has to – he probably has to head to Winterfell because there's probably enough spies that could rat on him. So now is it, now does he come in as the battle's happening and he comes in on that left flank and gets – does he save Jamie? Like is that going to be his little thing again? Or they, they can't recreate that moment again, can they? Yeah, he'll be – he'll have the, uh, the bow and arrow lined up, you know, aiming at Jamie. And then at the last second, he's going to shoot it at a White Walker's head that's, like, ready to attack Jamie. Right. Oh, yeah. And then ja- Jamie's going to turn around and they lock eyes <laughs> and just a little quick nod. And then uh, Bronn, you know, turns around and leaves. And that's that. Yeah. I'll take down the Night King and then all the walkers die. And then it's oh, the end of the show. <laughs> he's pretty good. He's good with a bow and arrow and a, a cross bolt. So look out for Bronn. That cock ain't too bad. Well, he he, t- he took on three some, women. Yeah, man. I liked uh, what was Kyburn's line? She'll be dead of the pox within a year, or, or the pox will take her within a year. And Bronn's <laughs> like, "What? Which one?" <laughs> Kyburn's all business. He can't get a, he can't get laid. I'm worried about all the milk that Tormund is drinking. You know, because uh, that was such a bizarre story. He hasn't digested a decent meal in over six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, the that's the mother-in-law, right? That's Karen's Karen's mother. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's right. The man hasn't digested a decent meal in over six weeks. 
She also played uh, Carmela's mother in The Sopranos. I know. I mean, I, you know, she. Who would have thought that you know, seeing her in, in Goodfellas, that she would you know have she would continue to have such a pivotal role in our lives? She plays a good nag. Uh, yeah. So what else you got? I don't know. I I don't. I don't think anything. I mean, I think my like. I, I just think my big. You know, my. You know, everyone has to have a little theory. I think my theory is, yeah, there's going to be some good deaths, but I think they're going to. I think they're going to win. So you think they're going to? Well, I. I guess I think they're going to win. I'm wondering, is the Night King? I know they didn't show him. Do you think the Night King's headed to King's Landing? Yeah, maybe. Um, and I think. Listen, we know. Like we, yeah, it's all but guaranteed that something fucked up is going to happen in the crypts. But then there will be a Hail Mary that fixes that crypt situation. I guess so. Um, they have a lot of dragon glass, thank God, and a lot of Valerian steel. Yeah. So they have the weapons to, to take them down. And and like they said, if they just take out the Night King, then I guess all those, those dead things die again. Um, it's just that you know that they're going to throw a curveball. Something weird is going to happen. It's not just that they fight the Night King they they take him out and then they go to King's Landing and take out Cersei. They they're going to throw a curveball at the audience. It's probably not going to be something a lot of us want to see. You might want to see it. What what's what's the Danny John curveball that you know, he other than get on your dragon and ride a, fly it around. Does does she Yeah. Does she put well, a dragon they, by by the crypts hidden and then just, you know, fires everybody. I, I I don't know what the curveball is there. I mean, uh, right now it just looks like I guess we have to be concerned with w- whether or not she's going to turn on John. Or I guess that's what the audience should be concerned with. I mean, um, I'll tell you what. I I would say just by judging by the way that Grey Worm shoved that sword in, in Jamie's chest uh, when he was handing it back to him after they decided that he was, you know, yeah. he's not getting executed. I have a feeling that his job is going to be to take Jamie out after that fight's over. Oh, all right. That, that's just what I felt. Um, that's a, that's you, I mean, do you really think that she's, yeah. Do you really think she's going to let him go? There's no way. No. Now, especially after Sansa pissed her off again. Yeah. They were, it was, things were looking so, so good between those two for a few moments there. Yeah, it was, but you know, like, like Danny, get over it. Like, just let it be the North and everything else. No, she's that's not good enough. I don't know why. She's she's like hell bent on everyone bending the knee. Those fucking yeah. She had a hard road to get there. That's why, probably. Yeah. Those fucking Targaryens, man. Those motherfuckers. Yeah, they're crazy. Those stubborn bastards. As crazy as you. you believe- Imagine how they would react to Kate Smith. <laughs> you believe that in this day and age? The Targaryen <laughs> prejudice that gets a, uh, gets a Stark. Prejudice against a Stark. What's the world like coming to? Kissing that King Cole over here. <laughs> what, what's Westeros coming to, Johnny? Oh, oh my! Kissing Grey Worm over here. <laughs> hey, you just said. Listen, you say he's a talented Unsullied, and you leave it at that. Oh man! Well, we could just do Goodfellas all night. We could. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I think we found the one parallel between Goodfellas and Game of Thrones. It's Gendry. Gendry. And Joe Pesci. Yeah. You may fold under questioning. Gendry. 
trying to bang this fucking broad. <laughs> you can't do me this one favor. <laughs> you know, Goodfellas has been on a lot lately. Have you noticed? No, what channel is it on? Uh, like HBO or yeah, something? Yeah, I think so. HBO and uh, have you seen The Good Shepherd? Uh, the Matt Damon movie? I yeah. was so bored. I, I watched it for like a half hour oh or so. And I, I've, I slept through it. I think I've watched that movie 20 times. I love it. Is it good? I just love it. I just love the whole thing. And um, Yeah, Pesci's in that, isn't Pesci's, it? Pesci's got a little scene at the end. I, yeah. I, you know, what a track. Like, why did he retire? Like, why... Why hasn't he done anything since, like, God, the fuck? I saw, I went to the movies and I saw The Super. Do you remember, do you remember that? That Pesci video? I remember The Super. It's actually a decent movie. Right. It's like he did The Super. He was, he was like a bum in Harvard. I didn't see that one. And then, like, he just disappeared. He retired. And he was banging yeah, that. I, who was he banging? He was banging somebody pretty hot. Was he? Oh, I didn't know like, about this. Like something, like Angie Everhart, I think. What? Hold on. Him and Howard Stern? That's disgusting. Hold on. Yeah. For her. Yeah, vamp a little bit while I Google it. Yeah. I I never heard that story. Uh, but he, how old was she when he got to her? Oh, well. Had to be you, 48, but, 50. But, the, yeah. Uh, no, how, her? Yeah. No, I think she was still, I want to say 30-ish. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, she was hot. <laughs> Hold on, dude. She was his Angie, yeah. Angie Everhart was his partner from 2000 to 2008. Well, no wonder he didn't want. He, he, I guess he didn't want to do any movies. He, he's trying to take advantage of the time that he had with her. I take it all back. Yeah, good for him. So he's how old is this guy? He was born in 43. So he's uh he's what is he 60? He's 57 when he meets her. So yeah, that's some good. That's good fucking years for him. Um, yeah, that's be- a good haul. Before he, you know. Before he kind of loses everything, gets gets to low T. How old is she? So she was born in '69. So she was a good old fashioned uh, 31. He was. She was 31. He was. What did I say? He was 57. Yeah, 57. All right, it all makes sense. Okay, I forgive him. That's, that's a good pull by yeah, Pesci. Good for him. God, she's twice the size of him too. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, he needed a fucking ladder. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he was tired. Hey, how's the weather? How's the weather up there? <laughs> yeah, give me a fucking ladder over here. I gotta climb up this bitch every day. <laughs> um, yeah, Pesci. I don't know. I don't know why he stopped doing movies. I think I feel like he's a weird old recluse, is what I what I think. Well, but yeah, like, it's just because I I didn't see him for so many years. Yeah, and then like even in the nineties, I, I remember uh, uh, De Niro was doing uh, was directing Bronx Tale and he needed he needed Pesci to do a few extra scenes or something or reshoots and so Pesci's like I'm not doing them unless you make a cameo on Saturday Night Live and that was the first time De Niro went on Saturday Night Live which is which is really hilarious because now he's on there every 10 seconds you know misreading cue cards Um, but yeah but even that he was just like small roles and then he was like he was like done well, he's coming back for the Irishman. Yeah. 99, he announces retirement and acting to pursue a musical career <laughs> and enjoy life away from the camera. Yeah, well. Who is he, Joaquin Phoenix? <laughs> what did he do, a gangster rapper? He went on a gangster rap tour? <laughs> just say, I, I just want to bang my hot model wife that's yeah, three feet taller than I am. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, whatever. Good for him. Yeah. Whatever the excuse. I still love that. I love, well, I love that fucking guy. I hope he does a few more things here. Maybe this will get him back into it. Maybe the Irishman, maybe Marty can talk him into another movie or two. He's 76. I wonder who he's banging now. Uh, Maybe nobody. Well, unless he's uh, popping a little blue pill. Uh, do you want to hear? Yeah, he's no half. Do you know? <laughs> do you know the title of his second album from 1998? Uh, <clears throat> he he had an album. Uh, yeah. He, What's the genre of this music? Uh, I'm guessing it's like you know that's amore, but yeah, it's but more Chindan, uh, yeah. right? <laughs> Chindan. It's dripping. Years. The Vincent Lagardia Gambini. Sings just for you. <laughs> you gotta uh, be kidding me. Hold on one second. I have to go to iTunes. <laughs> I will be adding this record. <laughs> yeah, I gotta download that. Uh, what was I waiting for? Um, I'll get back to, hold on. Vincent LaGuardia sings uh, just for you. Let's see the track listing. Download some... Uh... Frank Stallone while you're at it. I think he had a singing career, brief singing career. Oh, are you kidding? He's, he might have an Oscar I, for staying alive, I think. Yeah, I think Frank Stallone had, had a couple songs. Yeah, he did. He, had, he did, right? Well, he, he had Take It Back. Do, 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 do. I don't know that one. That's in Rocky when they're all you know, when they're all singing doo-wop around the, uh, the dumpster fire. Oh, Okay. He gave his brother some work. Yeah, and then uh, the uh, was it far from far from over, where the the best use of it was in Saturday Night Live when uh, Harry Shear and fuck, who was the other guy? They did the synchronized swimming like documentary. You remember that one? I do remember that. Oh my god, was it? A, oh, it was that Martin was it Short, a guy, like a little guy. Martin Short and Harry yep. Shearer doing. Yeah, synchronized... Harry Shearer is who I was thinking of. Doing synchronized swimming. That's a great. That's a great skit. That's yeah. So still one that he really elevated that that skit. <laughs> here's some tra- right. here's some tracks. So it was, I guess in conjunction with my cousin Vinny, because track number one is Yo Cousin Vinny, then Wise Guy, Take Your Love and Shove It. I've got news for you. How do you? You've got to be kidding me. No. How do you like me so far? Robbie Hood, twenty one, old man twenty one. There may be a blackjack theme song. Old man time. I'll have to go. I can't give you anything but love. If it doesn't snow for Christmas, what a wonderful world. <laughs> is this on? Uh, is this on iTunes? Hold on. I hope so. Please be on here. There's no way that it is. Is it under Vincent LaGuardia Gambini? Oh my god. It's under Joe Pesci. Don't get out of here. Hold on. This is here's Can you hear this? It's a bitch as it'll get you. It's a bitch as that'll get you. You've gotta be kidding me. It's a bitch as that'll get you. What the fuck? Uh, I think that maybe the retirement in '99 might might have been for other reasons. Well, uh, I don't care, but 
This is getting added to the library. Dissipating talent. Yeah. <laughs> that is something uh, we, else. we may need to, after Game of Thrones, we may need to dedicate a podcast to breaking down this music. Oh, my God. Breaking it down. Yeah. I, I just, I, I just move over a fucking, move over Sinatra Christmas album or fucking Nat King Cole. This is the shit. This is the new album. Yeah, we need we need to critique this. Uh, Hold on, I'm down. All Vincent right. Laguardia Gambini. Let me play. Uh, let's play twenty one. I want to hear what that says. Hold on. Play twenty one. All right. I'll skip ahead here. What is this? A ballad? When I was twenty one. It's so hard to realize <laughs> that you're a girl. Please make it stop. Oh no. Only in her teens. <laughs> what, the uh, what is he, back in uh, Palermo? Oh, Jesus Christ. That's the only place you're going to get away with that uh, dating arrangement. <laughs> this is like fucking rape, rape rock. What is this Apollonia? Is, it, is he Michael uh, dating Apollonia? <laughs> What's going on here? It's like that. It's like that famous. You know, when you think back to the '70s, like all these songs were about guys, like with un, you know, forbidden love with young girl, young girl, get out of my mind. Right. You know, like she's just 16 years old. <laughs> that leave her alone. They said that's the top. That's the best one. That's I forget. I forget that fucking guy's name, but that song. Have you? You gotta. You gotta Google the video of that guy tonight. It's Marty Robbins, I think, is his name. You ha- Why wasn't he arrested when he walked out of the recording studio? Is what I want to know. Please wait till you see. In fact, link to the video in, in in the podcast. This video, in case anyone hasn't seen it, it's great. He he knocks on like some guy's door, and and the the guy's saying she's just sixteen year old. Leave her alone, they said. And then he he like turns around. He's like shaking his head, like motherfucker. And then he and then he he, <laughs> he, he like he climbs into her bedroom. And uh, puts a magic carpet on the ground, and then they're flying around. Oh my god, it it's so fucking great! It's so great. I can't. What the hell? How did they get away with making that video? Imagine trying to make that today. I know it's sounds sounds like an R. Kelly setup, right? We we it's like we had no idea about this kind of yeah. stuff. Like we're just like right. Yeah. Oh, he's in love with a sixteen-year-old. Ah, oh, that's cute. Uh, sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Leave her alone. Come on. It's it's he'll. He'll pick her up and take her into the night and show her the love she's never seen. Never seen. I'll bet. Well, she shouldn't have seen it. She's too young. <laughs> Thank God she hasn't seen it. She doesn't need you either, you old weirdo. <laughs> you have to see this guy with his 80s. Yeah, I'm going to watch He's that got one. like an 80s mullety long hair, and he's wearing like a sleeveless shirt, like a striped shirt. And like those, uh, I, I swear, I think he's wearing like those jazz shoes. Remember those shoes, like those white shoes? Yeah, Remember? I know what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> it's a good, yeah, this video is classic. But I, God, it sounds like, hold on, let's go back to, let's go back to Joe for a second, see if he's going to bang this young girl. But is women of the world, you are the one. <laughs> that makes me feel, A, I'm still Ah, <laughs> uh, there he goes. The the young girl makes him feel like he's still twenty one. Is his voice? It was a very good year. <laughs> it was a very good year for Joe Pesci. 
<laughs> and his singing career. <laughs> Sirius has a new channel, Dego Rock. Yeah. Old washed up mob movie <laughs> crooning. Uh, if you haven't heard Ain't That a Kick in the Head in the last 10 seconds, well, here it comes. You can run down the mob hits. Yeah. Oh man, actually, that should be a channel. What am I? What, what am I making fun of? <laughs> It'd be right on my I favorites. Know. See, you could be rich tomorrow. You start that channel on YouTube. Wow, this is a. Uh, I'll tell you what. This is a lot to take in right now. This is. It's, it's been enlightening. So this is. I appreciate this it. is Joe's only record, uh, at least on on iTunes. Well, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> um, hold on. What the fuck? There's Joe Pesci from 2018 featuring Lil Freezer. What the fuck is this? Oh, my God. What? Just... You're, you're funny. You mean so? Let me understand. Because I don't know. Maybe it's me. I'm a little fucked up. Maybe. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I mean, you it sounds awful. Guess what? I love this too. Add in this one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This has been real. Good find. This has been enlightening. Yeah, I'm going to listen to this on my way into work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> listen to all the hits. So, uh, yeah, the Battle of Winterfell, and uh, I think it's. Uh... Well, look, uh, we solved a lot of problems this week. We, we broke did. down episode two. Looking forward to episode three. Looking forward to breaking down Pesci's music uh, in a future episode. God damn. I think, uh, yeah, speaking of new new theme songs, we're going to have to really, really dive into these songs. And uh, there might be a change. Oh, we are. There might be a change coming. Yeah, peek inside the mind of Joe Pesci. <laughs> Musical genius. <laughs> Musical artist, I should say. His voice. How did it sound to you? Was it? I mean, it's just like it sounded terrible. It sounded like Joe Pesci. Every day. Or Vincent LaGuardia Gambini. Every, every Italian guy thinks they can sing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna break your bread over your head. Pour that pasta bowl. <laughs> I don't know. You know, the lyrics were leave something to be desired. Ah. Uh. Yeah, well, yeah, like I said, we, all right, this is <laughs> this will be our deep dive. We can, we'll get this all sorted out. Well, I hate to give everyone a peek behind the uh, fourth wall here, but I got to take uh, the daughter to Starbucks tonight, so we're going to call it wraps. All righty, then. All right, my friend. Yes. Uh, all right, Jedry. <laughs> good talk, you motherfucker, you. <laughs> uh, do you have any final words? Of course, Johnny. Do me a favor. Can you put a smile on your face for me? It's a god in the state of mind. Two guys from Jersey with attitude all the time. Football kids and movies about crime. It's a god in the state of mind.